Welcome to our studio, and this is a studio living project. I'm Sam. I'm Lam. I'm Scarlett, and we are your classmates for this semester. Welcome back, everyone, to the studio living project. I'm Scarlett. My name is Sam. Um, this week we're gonna talk about green architecture and whether green architecture is really green or are they just jealous? Probably <laughs> <laughs> jealous. Jealous. Yeah. Yeah. But before we jump in, how are you guys? How was your week like? My week's good. Really busy. Busy week for me. Not not much going on. Just work. <laughs> Pretty free for me, <laughs> but we had like freelance job. That me and mm. Sam are working on right now. <laughs> Hence the busyness. Hence the busyness. <laughs> right after our freelancing episode, then you got yeah. the freelance Yeah. Yeah, Rezeki, bro. Rezeki. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much my weekend. But I think later on in the evening, uh, in the evening, uh, I'll be bringing my dog out to the park. Ashi. Ashi. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's been the same for me. It's been pretty busy uh, the whole week. We had a public holiday on Thursday, but I'm still working anyways. You know, typical architecture life. Set life. Yeah. yeah. Set, set. But it's it's a good kind of busy, you know. It's like you're doing something. So yeah, good for all of us, we all have our work. We all have our freelancing work. And okay, so let's jump right in to our episode today. So first of all. Let's talk about what is green architecture and what is sustainable architecture. Now, it's a term that a lot of people misuse, and it's a very hype word right now to label everything as sustainable and green. But let's talk about, in terms of architecture, what is green and what is sustainable. According to Nirmal Krishnani, one of the authors on greening Asia. So green is sort of a relative measure. It's an umbrella term to talk about everything that is designed to sort of save the earth in a way. It's a general term, and a building is called green if it consumes less than the benchmark. So that's basically what green is—the big term. Sustainability, on the other hand. It's more on communities to live within the capacity of our planet. So basically, we are consuming or emitting no faster than what is being replaced. So to do no harm. So basically, sustainability is it's like a cycle with its in itself. We are doing no more than what is capable of the earth. Whereas green is just. Oh, we are mitigating aspects of the building impact. And what Scarlett adding on to what Scarlett said just now, uh, what green architecture is is a very hype word right now because um, in in the age that that we are living in now, um, we are basically facing like a climate crisis all across the world. So and. According to the facts here,、uh, the construction industry accounts for 39% of all CO2 emissions in the Global Status Report 2017 by the World Green Building Council. So, hence,、um, taking into account two fifths 
of the CO2 emissions in all of the industries through all activities around the world, we do have a part to act out in our responsibility to make the world a greener place. Yeah. So in relation to that, we have also, you, our studios have also been very concerned about green architecture in the recent years. Like we all have to make our buildings green or sustainable. It's kind of a big thing right now. And even developers and marketers that try to market their buildings as green as well. Yeah, and I think because there's such a push globally to become more climate aware and because of the huge climate crisis that we're in right now, the building industry is being called to be like, oh, we must be more sustainable. You know, there's a lot of statistics that say that, oh, you know, construction industry, we are using a lot of CO2, like what Sam said, 39% of CO2 emissions are from the construction industry. But it also fails to say that the buildings themselves are generating a lot of the electricity as well, generating a lot of the CO2. Like for example, in office building, you 70% of the office energy usage is for air conditioning alone. And the air conditioning generates a lot of CO2 and a lot of like uh, ozone. Is that ozone? The chemical that causes the ozone layer to be thin. I forgot the... the, the yeah, the yeah, yeah. The Ah. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. Wait, do they still produce CFC these days though? I, from what I know, a lot of new ACs no longer produce CFCs. Uh, same goes to fridges. So yeah. I'm not sure. Mm. Uh, I think they have already uh, banned CFCs, but I think the energy usage for cooling um, houses or maybe operating a fridge is still a lot more compared to uh, normal usage. Yeah, especially yeah. Like the heat that is dispersed that's used to like cool down the building. That's a lot. But, uh, speaking of heat, the, you know, the aircon units where they, um, the, the outdoor units, they mm-hmm. uh, causes like a lot of heat, which also cause a lot of, um, what is Pulau Harbour in English? Heat Island? <laughs> uh, the heat island effect, yeah. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Yes, so the is. heat island effect. <laughs> so I direct translate. Apparently I got it. <laughs> so yeah. That's one of the causes as well. So yeah, exactly. What Lam said, heat island effect, is something like... Because um, we all live in a city. And city, we have a lot of buildings next to each other. And... So we all consume a lot of energy in the city. So with all that uh, energy consumption, and as you all know, like basic science, like energy doesn't uh, dissipate. Energy doesn't go, doesn't, doesn't go doesn't away. Doesn't disappear, yeah. Yeah, yeah it, it doesn't, doesn't disappear. disappear. It will just, so what is being expelled from the energy electricity use is heat. So with the concentration of heat in the city, it's really called a heat island. Mm. Effect. So, a city will always be hotter than a uh, place like outside, except for rural desert. areas. Yeah, yeah. rural yeah. areas. So yeah, that's the heat island effect, in a nutshell. So coming back to what is sustainable, what is green, uh, I think I want to point out that 
a lot of new buildings they brand themselves as like sustainable when actually new buildings aren't really sustainable unless they are really like zero net zero energy right oh so, yeah explain a bit zero yeah okay energy. so <laughs> yeah so net zero energy means that the energy that they are using uh is equal to the energy that they are producing so for example if they install solar panels to generate electricity and that energy is being used in their buildings and that solar power is sufficient for their energy usage so they're not getting any electricity from the grid basically they're not paying tnb for any bills whatsoever so yeah. that is net zero energy and i think that is the only thing that can be called sustainable uh, new buildings are usually generally green architecture so if any developer tells you that they're sustainable they're probably you know marketing to you yeah these days marketing is so like efficient yeah they can just tell you and convince you to buy this because it's sustainable you can save electricity but do some research i would say so let's talk about what are some of the good green architecture examples so there are a lot of sort of green architects in malaysia as well as in our neighboring countries like singapore thailand all those and we can't talk about green architecture without talking about ken yang he is one of the of most yeah he's one of the most famous green architect uh, his philosophy of eco architecture and eco mimesis is very well known across the world i was very fortunate to work under ken yang uh, during my internship and he taught me a lot about like how the biodiversity in the building actually affects the building like the kind of plants that you bring in the kind of animals that the plants attract and how does that contribute to cooling the building having this ecosystem in the building and sort of brings that indoor environmental quality better and makes you feel better being inside i think that's very important that uh most buildings are lacking i think the next one uh of some good green architecture comes from dr tan lokman which is can i say i <laughs> <laughs> at this point i think i can laugh okay so so dr tan is scarlet's uh, boss she is currently <laughs> working under him so scarlet among us would be the most experienced with sustainable architecture or green architecture Mm-hmm. So there are a few um examples that I can give like the S11 house, the clay roof house and the Sitia City Convention Center. So um all of these projects they do have a feature that makes them more sustainable in terms of uh reduce materials usage or reuse materials like for example mm-hmm. the clay roof house. I think the rules of the recycling also apply here like reduce reuse recycle so yeah it, it it definitely is in play for example with the clay roof house that uses reuse uh clay roof tiles there's a lot of things to be said for 
both the S11 house and the Playroom house. In fact, the S11 house is the first residential building to be GBI Platinum certified. So Scarlett, tell us what is GBI. I think a lot of people might not <laughs> get it. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. Okay. So there's a there's this green certification for buildings. So if a building wants to be known as a green building, they needs to be they need to be certified. So there's a list of things that they need to hit to in order to be called a green building. So in Malaysia, it's done by GBI, which is called the Green Building Index. They are essentially like a a committee that is under PAM, Pertubuhan Arkitek Malaysia. So it's not a mandatory standard. It's not compulsory for all buildings, but it's a opt-in kind of system. Most of the companies or most of the developments, if they opt in for this, normally they will want to go. You know, silver, gold, these sort of things. Platinum is very, is very high up to achieve. Uh, but it's, it's just something good that they want to bring into the building. So from, some of the cat, yeah. Sorry, from what I know, I think there is a, a like award for that. Like, there is a competition going on. Mm. So there is like a sort of competition kind of thing. Uh, okay, so they recently launched this book called Greening Malaysia. In fact, I have the book right here now. So it sort of they sort of uh, document and detail all of these uh, green features and green buildings that are being done in Malaysia. All the good examples that are being done. So this is for mostly Malaysia. If we compare it with Singapore, the Singapore is called Green Mark, and it is done by their Building and Construction Authority. So what makes it different is that under Singapore standard, it's it, you must comply to Green Mark. Whereas for Malaysia, is you can choose if you want to or not. Yeah, right? but yeah, a lot of the times that I go and see. Um, for example, PAM awards that would they would try to get GBI for yes. that their project because uh, I think is I think is that a requirement or something? Mm. It's not. It's not compulsory like what Scarlett said, but it's like yeah. a, it's it's good to have it. You know, like they want to be known as oh, it's GBI rated. So our development is green. Yeah, something like or that. Or PAM competitions also the same thing. It's not think, a requirement. I think it's just like a general trend kind of thing. You know, like how the whole industry now is going towards green and sustainability. So having GBI for your project is sort of like a added point, added point to you. You yeah. know, like oh, I'm thinking of the environment. You know, I'm thinking of uh, sustainability. I'm thinking of how this site and environment affects my building. Instead of just being like a monumental structure, yeah, right. Like what you mentioned, because GBI is under PAM, so whenever you enter sort of like a PAM competition, it's it's just an added bonus to you whether you have. I think GBI. we want to promote that GBI as well, so yeah. that 
other developments will be like, oh, uh, maybe if I do get GPI rated in the future, then you know I could get some recognition by yes. the public. Yep. Yep. Because GBI also does their own promotion, you know, like when they when they certify a building, you know, they promote this building and how show examples of how this building is like. So if you do get GBI certified, it's sort of like a added promotion for you. Yeah. Right. Okay, speaking of uh good green architecture examples, I think in the region, uh we also have Woha from Singapore. So mm. they do have a very uh, unique philosophy to their designs, which is a garden city. Mm. So they, a few of their projects you might know is the Park Royal Pickering and Oasia Hotel. Um, also Kampong Emirati and School of the Arts, Sota. Uh, so what green uh, garden city represents is they they do have their own kind of uh, evaluation uh, metrics that they mm. did for themselves like how how much more uh, green space can I generate so so they do have something maybe like 200% or 400% green space from that plot of land so maybe you can try to read that up on their philosophy yeah, yeah we're gonna put all of the links that uh, we used to research and all of these like buildings to, for everyone who is interested to check it out um, I think hey, it's we worth can even post out. some of the building pictures on our Instagram yeah follow us <laughs> on Instagram <laughs> <laughs> yeah but uh, maybe Lam what yeah. are some of your kind of green architecture examples that you always go? I don't know man, like the only one that I've been to, I mean not the one that I've been to, I guess the most architecture students been to is the PAM building. And mm. I'm not sure if it's open to the public right now, but actually you can go and see, it's in Bangsar. So I've been there a couple of times, kind of know how it works. <laughs> but, We've been there. Yeah. We've all been there. We've all been there. Every, it's a compulsory, I think, at this point for every architecture student to go there. Basically, it's a good model structure for mm. a good green building, I would say. Um, if you really visit the building, you can see that it's a lot of passive design. And what I mean by passive design is, in architecture, passive design is design where you, when you implement like green features that will help your building to cool down or that will help your building to conserve energy, uh, by incorporating it in the design itself. Rather than active design will be something like you implement or you apply uh, equipments like rain uh, rain harvesting systems or you know like your WCs, your toilet bowls are energy saving, water saving. So those are like more towards active designs. So in PAM building, their passive design helps them to conserve energy. At the same time, they do imply or apply uh, active design as well. So if you were to visit it, it's naturally ventilated all throughout the building except for mm. the offices and conference room. Other than that, they're just using fan or openings in the walls. So that kind of stuff really helps them to conserve energy. And by 
uh, going there, you can experience like the stack effect of the heat and cooling system. This is all like passive design as well. If you can see, there's an opening. It goes diagonally so that the heat disperses upwards, 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 and then disperses out. So it really helps the building, and I think it's a good model to actually view it for the public, lah. And yeah, I think that's one of an example that I can think of. Hmm. Yeah, can't think of anything right now. But yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like going to the pen building, we we do find that it's not very hot inside. Even though, like what Lam said, it's all open, but inside you you actually find that it's quite cooling. And they do have uh they do have they do have active uh design sustainable features like yeah. uh, solar panels and rainwater harvesting. So those will offset energy use from the air-conditioned rooms. In fact, all their active designs, like all their active systems are monitored 24-7 to see uh, if they exceed a certain limit or amount of energy usage. So, which is good that they can monitor the usage of water, electricity, and also their cooling heating system. Well, mainly cooling. We don't have heating system. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> So I think with the data collected, then they were able to generate a report on how exactly they are, how sustainable they are building is exactly. Yeah. 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 Which is interesting. Like, yeah, the PAM building is one example that is really, really well done. Uh, GBI is headquartered there and it's just a very nice piece of architecture that that is just amazing to be in. Like we've been there a few times, been there a lot of times this year. Too too you many know. times. <laughs> I mean, I mean <laughs> we, we, I mean we sometimes look look at it like you know because of our experience. But yeah. architecturally, it's just a very nice building. Like structurally, yeah. uh, design wise, it's just amazing to see it. I think if you really look in more details, the materials that they use for the construction as well is. Uh, most of them has to be GBI rated, like mm. the concrete, the glasses, yep. metal. So all those structural systems have to be GBI rated. We we can talk a lot more about the design of we the have a report building. on it. We have a report. Yeah, we literally did a report. <laughs> yeah, we literally did a report. Building analysis. That. Yeah, but let's not go too much into that. Uh, let's just move right on. So. There has been a lot of like debate on what sustainable architecture really is and there's been a few backlash on sustainable architecture or you know this kind of green architecture which I think is unfounded because one of the main arguments that I see is that a lot of people are saying oh you know you use rare concrete, you use bare bricks and you expose everything, then you call it sustainable. And a lot of people don't really like, a lot of, uh, say, public, they don't really like those kinds. I know yeah. my parents don't like it. They're like, why do you want to show all the brick? Just plaster over it, it looks ugly. Like it's, It looks unfinished. Yeah. But I think it's wrong to say that having bare materials, bare finishes is sustainable. In fact, using bare concrete 
or fair faced bricks is actually more costly to maintain and more costly to build actually. Yeah, especially in terms of like skills. Yes, the skills. skills. Yes, the skills needed and to maintain that bricks is actually not easy. Uh, so that's not actually sustainable architecture. It's a type of design. It is a type of design, but it's not sustainable. And we see a lot of people just misusing the word sustainable and they just throw it on everything that is remotely green. Yeah. Like, like what we said just now, green is an umbrella term. It's a catch-all term for everything that sort of helps the planet. But sustainable is so much more than that. Yeah, true. Mm-hmm. So, so if you see like uh, a lot of marketing on developments, especially on residential and commercial buildings, high rises, they do market it as our development is green or sustainable. And oftentimes it's not true. It's not entirely true. I would say it's not 100%. If you really like look into uh, how the building was constructed or how the systems run inside in terms of services, electricity, telephone, I wouldn't say it's 100% sustainable. I'm sure there's no such thing as 100% sustainable unless it's net zero energy, like what yeah. Scarlett you've mentioned. So, but I feel like the word has been misused multiple occasions to add value to their property for buyers in general. Mm. So it's really like, it doesn't only apply to architecture, but it applies to like everyday things like what you say, a lot of products right now are aiming towards sustainability products, zero waste products. But if we really look into how it's made, maybe it's not 100% sustainable. So it's just a way of marketing it to gain access or to gain trust for the public to purchase them. Mm-hmm. But I wouldn't say, I mean, can you blame them? <laughs> <laughs> like, you need money. I still think that for everything that's branded as sustainable, we need to always do our research. Like, even as designers ourselves, even when we say something is green, when we say something is sustainable, we still need to do a lot of research into what is green design and what is sustainable design and how can we use those principles into our practice like even for us we still need to do research so for the layman definitely we have the responsibility to let the layman know you know what is green what is true green architecture and what is truly green sustainable architecture at least in malaysia in kl in particular the greater kl even included we have a lot of buildings or developments that are not being purchased or abandoned some are abandoned some are not like purchased but no one's using it it's not usable or it just has no value so it's gonna be like abandoned no one uses it and eventually it will just end up like china where people buy buildings but no one's using it so-called it's for investments yeah. And yeah, maybe it is an, an investment, but a lot of abandoned buildings nowadays has been neglected and 
it comes down to the question why do you even build it in the first place when we have so many vacancies or so many empty buildings or empty lots that are not being used and especially old buildings as well you can see some are abandoned and i do believe there are some architects out there who are very aware of these problems and they reuse the buildings and revamp the, bu uh, the building in the place to make it more lively community service kind of uh, area or placements and i think that's more noble than you know building a new one and brand it as oh it's sustainable for me uh my personal opinion is uh Definitely reusing old buildings is much more sustainable because you don't even need to build, rebuild, destroy and rebuild anything. In fact, you just need to do a few renovations here and there and, you know, just revamp the place and rebrand the place. And I think one good example I think we all have in our head right now is Rex KL. And <laughs> Rex KL is located in Chaokit around uh, Chinatown, right? Is it? Oh, no, it's, it's not, yeah, it's it not, it's not Chowkit. Chowkit is hey, sorry, way out of Pataling Street, sorry. Yes. Yeah, Pataling yeah. Street. Sorry, my bad. So, in Pataling Street, and it's open to the public until like 10pm now, I, I don't know. But, it used to be a cinema. Yeah, and there. it got burned down twice or something. Yeah. And then, yep. uh, it, it turned into like a dodgy hostel, if you know what I mean. Like yeah. we went there when, uh, before <laughs> we went there the revamp. Yeah, we went there for like our measured drawings. Yeah. So after that ho dodgy hostel, uh, it got turned into like a community center or community place. Or so they have like restaurants, pop up stores. Very interesting, and sometimes they even have events, and it's always open to the public for free. So that kind of renovation or restoration, I would say, it's more valuable than building a new one or like acquiring a piece of land and then build a new one and we'll get into like urban planning sooner or later but that causes like the urban sprawl in KL like uncontrollable and it really causes a lot of trouble whether you know it or not like subconsciously it's there yeah so we'll, we'll talk about that in more in depth next time but the idea is, you know, it's it's not great. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like adding on to what Lam said, a truly sustainable choice would be to reuse this sort of old buildings if they are still structurally sound. If they are not structurally sound, please just, you know, don't try Demolish anything. Demolish it. Get, yeah, get an engineer <laughs> to evaluate the structure mm. of the building or whatever, you know. But if you are rich, if you have a piece of land and you want to build something on it, you know, go ahead, it's your money. Like I can't really say much. Yeah. If you are if you want to build that, okay, go ahead. But do it with like green design in mind. You know, with good intentions. Yeah, if you good intentions, if you really do want to build it, build it with green design. But if you're looking for if you're looking to be truly sustainable, you have the money, you want to be really, really, really sustainable. Like what Lam said, get an old building, renovate it, do it up, and it will probably have even more character and more history than what you're going to build in. It has more 
sentimental value. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I've been in Chinatown for quite a lot for another project recently. And I've just seen a lot more businesses being done up in old shop lots. It's a trend coming up nowadays. Like A lot of old shop lots are being renovated and being used as cafes. And I think that is also another true, truly sustainable kind of uh, business for the, the shop lots. You know, yeah. having, having new businesses come in, in this sort of old building, it just makes the place, it benefits the shop lot, you know, it benefits the community in the area, it benefits the city and the town. We've seen the yeah. new viral recently. So I think that's truly what a sustainable architecture or sustainable economy Mm. Yeah, yeah. That's what truly sustainable is. That's true. I agree. Like another example, I just want to add in. Uh, maybe it, you know, people who's listening can even go visit. I'm sure they are open as well. It's called APW Bangsar. Mm. I don't know if you guys have been there, but it's basically used to be uh, an old newspaper printing factory. And it's just next of. It's just next to pen building, so you can yeah, go so you, might well. <laughs> you might as well, yeah. So, yeah. APW is very interesting in its own way as well. So, they remain the entire building structure that was once there. And what they did is just they revamped the entire like interior of it. They have pop-up stores, they have a little restaurants here and there. And it's just a very nice place to chill out with your friends. Um, you know, having events and take pictures. I think they have a very nice kind of picture area that people always take picture at the staircase or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> staircase. It's yeah. so so basic. Like if you go there, people will just line up and waiting to take picture at the staircase. I don't get it, but okay, sure. You do you. You do you. But you. I was more interested in the printing machines, like the old <laughs> printing machines. <laughs> So that was very interesting. So go ahead and visit that. Yeah, I mean, shout out to the designers as well. Like the designers of Rex are Xin Chang and Xin Sing. Uh, designer, or rather the owner of APW is uh, Sun Wei. So uh, they are really, really great people who are doing really great things with this sort of old heritage buildings. I could call them heritage actually because they are like probably 1920s. More than, more than, more than yeah. 50 maybe. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So these kinds of buildings are worth visiting. Go check them out. I Safety. think we need another podcast episode for heritage buildings itself. Oh, oh god. I have a lot. I have a lot in my way right now. Well, yeah, I'm going to take up the entire episode. <laughs> I have so much to say as well yeah, because yeah. of my Chinatown project. I'm like, yeah, Net, so we should, we should. get. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so stay tuned and if you... Yeah. Okay. Let's go back to the topic then. Let's go back to the topic with... Okay, I think last thing for all of our listeners, I think after listening to so many like green and sustainable architecture, what can we do? What can just like normal people do for their own houses to make it greener, to make it more comfortable to live in. Mm, Sam? Well, I think the first thing you can do is just plant way more uh, plants in the house. We love I think, plants! Yeah, that's 
been a growing trend right now like uh, even my girlfriend she's like super into plants she's like buying different species and there's the tropical aesthetic is something that is in trend right now so but it really helps with cooling down your house and yeah the aesthetic is really nice as well uh, it also another- filters out like your air condition mm. i mean not mm. ac but your indoor air quality air quality yeah yeah I guess speaking of air quality in segue to that we can just open up windows to like let uh, let the air circulate in the house so it becomes cooler so you don't have to use aircon if possible just use fan um, yeah. in conjunction to that also you can just block out heat using like blinds or uh, maybe you have windows facing directly the sun. Maybe you can change those to like double glaze windows. So it it lets light in, but not not the heat. Not so the much. UV and not the heat. Yeah. 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 I I just want to add that you know opening up the windows is a a lot of people have misconception about that. They think that if I open up all my windows, all the heat is gonna come in, like what my grandmother thinks. But that's not true. Yeah. It's only through to a certain certain aspect so if you only open up the windows but there's no wind movement coming in it's still gonna be hot that's true. The, the thing that cools down the place is air movement so right. once you open up the windows you need to make sure that there are let's say two windows on both ends so for example you have one in your living room and maybe one in the kitchen, open both of them up, so just let the air pass through. That would just greatly reduce the heat inside the space. And if wind is still not coming in, turn on the fan, turn on like, if you want, if you have air conditioning, turn that on for a little while, but once it's cool, turn it off, have the air fan going, just to have the air movement. Right. Yeah. Speaking yes. of air movement, I think having uh, higher ceilings as well also helps to mitigate the heat around the house. Like mm. if you have higher ceilings because uh, we're just going back to science again. <laughs> so like hot air rises Nerd. and cold air just comes down. So when you have like higher ceilings, probably the room is going to be a lot more cooler. So it's not so, you know, in Cantonese we call it very cold. Very stuff, yeah, yeah, stuffy. So, also, wait, hold on. I just want to add a side note. I don't know why my house Mm -hmm. it has a high ceiling, but it has a high ceiling in the bathroom. (laughs) Uh, I I know why. I I know why. Why? 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 Tell us. Okay, you know, you know how like all terrace houses are built, right? You have this pitch roof, so the pitch at the top is like the highest point. So normally, yeah. because of uh, building codes, the bedrooms need to be naturally ventilated. They need to right. have a certain opening. So they are no- normally located to the front and the back of the house. Whereas for the bathrooms, they still need openings as well. But there's design possibilities so that they don't need to be at the front. right? So your front can be for all of your bedrooms. So you can have like a big window in front or whatever yeah. so now the bathroom has to be relocated to the center of the house yep but they still want to comply to air regulations like the air opening so what they do 
stay shut up because of it's in the middle it's at the highest point of the roof so you have like a huge airspace and they have like a window on the top of the roof there yes so that's how they have it so like you have they comply to the openings for the bathrooms they solve the aesthetic problem you know having the whole big window for your bedroom and then just you know because when you're showering you have heat ma, so the hot air rises whatever so that's how that's why you have like very tall ceiling you know i really it's thought it was for like you know when you poop it stinks and then it just goes up then i guess that's all i, thought I guess about. it goes for that as well <laughs> i mean i mean i guess that's a that's an interesting benefit just an extra benefit i guess <laughs> yeah i guess so <laughs> let the poop air out yeah yeah but it's just been <laughs> it's very interesting to see like this kind of designs uh being done uh. Yeah. 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 So what uh, else can we do in our house? What else can we do? Okay. Mm. Um, just following in the footsteps of the pen building, we can also put solar, solar lighting and heating. So using energy from generated from the sun, so they don't have to pay electricity. I mean, yeah, you don't have to pay electricity technically, but you do have to pay for the solar panels. But but solar panels are recently getting quite cheap so yep. it's like cheaper than a few, compared to a few years ago so i think it's highly viable and highly sustainable so you just need to put in that that capital to buy the solar panels but then do after a bit that, of you, calculation like yeah. if you buy solar panel how much can you save in like the next five yeah. what's maybe? your roi what's your return of investment yeah so, but so. i also want to add that uh based on my based on what i heard from my boss who who installed like solar panels on his house he has a very big roof and he's gonna cover it all with solar panels and even then it's only net zero it's like a whole roof of solar panels then only it's net zero so you need to make sure that if you really do want to invest in solar uh you calculate you know what how much you can afford how much is your energy usage and uh how, how much do money you, can you save? yeah how much money can you save actually i know that there's a side note it's an incentive like if you generate electricity and you give electricity back to tnb right you supply electricity back you actually earn money from what i know there's a project in elmina that does that so mm. they have pre-installed like solar panels when you buy the terrace house uh the solar panel comes pre-installed with it so let's say if you don't stay in the house and then the uh, solar energy is generated right you can sell back you can sell that back to tnb and you get a month some money back mm. for it yeah so yeah so this is where i say, say get that moolah <laughs> <laughs> so let's say if you uh do use energy so that energy generated from solar so you get to have cheaper electricity bill mm. it, yeah it definitely helps uh come back with you in roi yeah yeah that's true but always of course like make sure that you are 
checking whether like you yourself can uh, afford it if there's any like passive ways to reduce energy you know By if you, means, you have yeah. yeah if you have so much money in the world and then you install all the solar panels in the world if you're still using your air conditioning 24 7 you're not you're not actually mitigating anything yeah yeah so still incorporate like all of these um, practices in mind like for example recycling uh, all these green practices in life like you know some people go for bulk buying mm, buying things yeah. in bulk uh composting you know just like general green habits that you can do outside of a building outside of yeah. architecture it also switch off your plugs, switch off your taps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All these sort of practices, not just like, not just all these green architectural finishes. Mm. Like in your and everyday really green practices. Yes. And yes. like going to shopping and just bring your own bags and not use yeah. plastic bags. That's all. Yeah, of exactly. But I think ultimately, if you really want to know how to make your house greener, it's always to experience a green sustainable building all these places that we have mentioned like you know pan building uh, all of the architects that we mentioned like uh, ken yang he has like his projects in kl in malaysia in singapore for example like swasana pjh in putrajaya it's a government building but i think the ground floor is completely open so you can have a look have a like, walk see just experience the green building for yourself and if you're fortunate enough you can read up or visit a green house like for example the s11 house and i think seeing that doing your research then you'll know like you know how how can you be greener and save the planet yeah yeah Go green, guys, or else we'll have to move to Mars, and I don't have money for that. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, I don't think please. I'm gonna move to Mars. Yeah, I think I'm, I'm so broke that I'm just gonna be here. Yeah, then you know who will move to Mars? That's all the billionaires in the world. Oh, that's a that's another topic <laughs> for another day. Then space, right. <laughs> Ooh. space exploration. Do <laughs> we terraform in Mars? <laughs> Time to. <laughs> the planet i guess colonization <laughs> and by the time then we're gonna have like a new typology martian yeah G. hey speaking of that we did have like a competition for like oh, mars yeah. hmm. i don't know yeah. if they publish it but i think if they do then some of our listeners can check it out some of the interesting designs i guess yeah see it's in the book yeah nice. it's in the book i i recently found this book so yeah Ooh interesting i'm i need to write i need to write for class now so oh. i've been involved in class for all, all every year you know now that i realized it i mean it's good experience uh, you know but now i need to write for it Yikes. and on that note <laughs> we've come <laughs> we've come to a short that. one <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Basically, <laughs> going, going to saying. Mars is just a, a next level option. It's not sustainable anymore. It's not, it, it's it, only, it only not. means that our planet is not habitable anymore. And it's, yeah. and it's how we know sustainable architecture has failed. 
So you know when we say when our planet is not sustainable, it just reminds me of Wall-E. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <sighs> yeah, that's so sad. Yeah. Right. I'll probably Let, be swallowed let's by not, garbage. Yeah. Let's not. Let's not have the Wall-E situation happen. <laughs> just yeah, please. Just I don't want to try and be you know yeah. lazy all day. Yeah, I mean like as cute as Wally is and as much as I love like Wally and Eve, I just I still want to live. I, I don't want to be like stuck on that spaceship forever. Yeah just... man. That, so let's so let's do our part. <laughs> Go green. <laughs> Go green. I, I mean it's such an overused term but really it just you know Go thrift shopping. Yeah, go trip shopping, do your own research, and go clean. Reduce, reuse, recycle. <laughs> yeah. You sound like a broken record right now, man. Right. <laughs> I'm and just gonna note, cut some parts off. And on that note, that's our episode for this week. So it's stay green color. Stay tuned for the next episode. Um, our so next we'll... and final episode for this season. Yes, it's our final episode. So, we'll catch you in the next episode. Thanks for listening. And bye. Bye-bye. Bye.